while you're at it, why don't you just give your mom or somebody that's a, that you know is a mom a great big hug? Welcome, it's so good to see each and every one of you here today. And moms, thank you so much. I'm going to say that word a lot in this sermon. And so I'm just looking forward to studying with you today. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, You may have heard this before, but there's this thing called the long-lasting fragrance. You ever heard this story before? All right, well, there's this angel, and he got any... He's, he's got a day off, so he comes down and he starts traipsing around the earth just to see what's here. And he's enjoying the beauty, and as the day passes, he finally realizes that the sunset's starting to turn golden. And he notices he's be- he better you know, get back up into heaven. And as he's traveling back to heaven, he goes, well, you know, I, I want to take some mementos with me. I want to show people where, where I've been. Well, as he's traveling along, he looks at a, a field and he sees some flowers. And he sees those, those flowers, and he says, Oh, look at those beautiful flowers. I'm going to go grab a, a bundle of those. And he gets a bunch of flowers. And so he takes those, and he puts them away, and he's ready to go on home. And as he's passing through that countryside, he notices off in the distance that, that there is this, this, uh, uh, this beautiful farmhouse. And it's in this beautiful idyllic field. And, and he says, Oh, I want to see what's in there. And as he looks in the window, he sees... He sees the beauty of a little baby in a crib. And he looks at that little baby and he looks at that smile. And he says, oh, I want that smile. So he takes that smile and he puts it away. Well, of course, as he turns to to leave, he realizes something. There's There's a mama. She's standing in the doorway and she's looking on into that baby as he's settling down to take his afternoon nap. And he sees the beautiful, radiant smile. The countenance of a very happy mama watching her baby from a little bit of a distance as he's getting ready to sleep. And he says, oh, I got to take that one home. So he takes home that fragrant mama smile. Well, he gets back uh, home and he's he's on his way and he realizes um, that he, he, he gets to the gate and he's about to walk through and he goes, well, well the flowers, they've kind of wilted. After I picked them, they died, and so he kind of throws those aside. He realizes as he pulls out that smile, he goes, well, that was cute, but babies have frowns too, right? So it's kind of turned into a frown, so he puts that away. Well, he walks into the the door, and everybody goes, hey, how was your day? How did everything go? And all the people come, and they look at him, and he says, well, I I went down, and I saw all this beautiful stuff, and he's explaining it to them. and And they ask him, they said, well, what was the best thing that you saw? And he says, well, here, let me show this to you. Let me show you this beautiful smile of this mama who was happy as she was looking at her baby. That was the one thing out of my whole day that didn't lose its fragrance, didn't lose its beauty, didn't lose its radiance. How many of you can relate to that story? (laughs) To take home that beautiful, wonderful smile. Because really the sweetest thing in all of heaven and earth, isn't it? is that, that wonderful radiance of a mother's love. Amen? If you will, please, go ahead and open your Bibles. We'll be looking at Proverbs 31. I want to walk through that today. We'll stay basically in that text. Because I believe in Scripture, and thank you for the reading this morning, that mothers are truly a blessing. Now, now I didn't hear any response. Let me try that again. 
mothers are truly a blessing. Amen. There you go. Guys, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble today, okay? Stay with me. Work with me. There was a preacher who raised four sons, and they all became preachers. And so dad was really proud when the youngest son was receiving an appointment in Southern, uh, South America, Southern America there. And so they went to a little dinner in his honor. And, of course, they were going to ask the son, well, man, uh, who's the best preacher in your family? Well, of course, he's sitting there in the row with the family, and he looks over at Dad, and without a doubt, and you can see Dad almost ready to smile, right? And he goes, well, Mother. <laughs> and, and maybe for you, you have some, some wonderful memories of, of your mom growing up. Memories that are things that you just take. Um, I remember uh, uh, Catherine Arch, she, had, she was a, a British novelist that said this. She goes, well, for my, you know, people, you're either going to be a, a wonderful ex- an example or a horrible warning. And I would guess that for you, your moms are great examples. And there are many things that you could say about your moms that are wonderful and, and encouraging and, and things that, that will, uh, will, will you'll carry with you for your whole entire life. Um, I remember growing up, uh, these are proverbial sayings. Uh, these are things that when uh, my mom was getting ready for church on Sunday, there was 10 of them. And they would have to recite a memory verse as they were being checked out, right? You know, put down that little whisk of hair and, uh, you know, all those things, straighten this up, dust that off, all that as you're getting ready. And, and they had to do this to be ready to go to church to recite the memory verse, to remember the good things of who they were about to go worship, what he wanted them to know. And, and there are these proverbial sayings that you grow up with as you memorize scripture and as as you learn from your mother that you can start to take home and appropriate for yourselves. I want to share with you some that I grew up with. Some are from my grandmother, some are from my mom, but they all came to us children. Um, how many of you know these sayings like, don't eat too much, you'll get fat? You ever hear that? Or, uh, here's a good one, uh, walking into your room. This room is a pigsty, clean it up. You ever hear that before? Or maybe you heard a saying like, uh, well, eat when you're hungry and sleep when you're tired. And so if you go hungry, it's your own fault. If you wake up tired, it's because you you weren't responsible. You need to take care of yourself. Or I remember every summer right before school starts, there'd be that phone call. It's time to pick the beans. Oh, we spent so much time picking beans. Let me tell you, almost two acres worth of uh, vegetables and two rows of beans with the runners, you know how that goes? Full of beans. There were about a half dozen of us just bent over picking beans all morning long and then canning them and taking them home. Proverbial sayings, things that we learn, these are things that are precious memories. Like when we would go down to the family reunion down in Tennessee and you would see people that you saw once every two years. Well, there was the drive on the way down where you would have to play I Spy, right? Or how many of you remember Huck Bug, right? I mean, how many green signs can you see on the side of the road? Or how many license plates? Or, or how many, you know, white Volkswagens can you see going down the road where you say Huck Bug? Or how many of you ever played Applesauce? Do you know what Applesauce is? Okay, ask Audrey to give you a great big hug. You'll get one half of Applesauce. Okay, she's good at that. Um, just memories, things that you remember, or as you're driving down, being forced to sing those songs in the car, right? Camp songs, as we're driving down to pass the time, as the miles would go by and by. All of those precious memories that we have of building a life together. 
things, uh, all these uh, memories and these, these sayings and, and the meals. And, 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 and uh, when you go down and you would visit that relative at the reunion and they all wanted sugars. You remember that? All those good things that build up that life. And I would imagine that if you're like me, you would want that opportunity just once to turn to your mom and say, Mom, I thank God for you. You can say it. Amen. Precious, precious memories. Look in Proverbs 31 with me. We're down there in 11 through 15 because it's the heart of her husband. Dad's getting on this too. Because the heart of her husband trusts her. He, he doesn't lack gain. She does him good. Listen to this. She does him good and not evil. And it isn't just today because he was nice or he brought home the paycheck or whatever that is. It is all the days of her life. She does good to him. She looks for wool and flax. She works with her hands. She's, she, she, she works with her hands and it's a delight to do that. And she's like those merchant ships that would come in and they bring those things in from afar. There was no lack. No lack. They're, 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 they, they ate good food. There was never a time when they were, there was hunger in the household. There was always something to take care of the needs. Everybody was cared for. She would get up early in the morning. Ever do that before? I don't know about you. The sun's getting up earlier, but I still rise mostly before the crack of dawn. And the portions, and she gives portions to her maidens. She makes sure everybody's cared for in the household. There's no lacking there. How about when you would wake up for school? Did, did your mom ever wake up for school by going, hey, it's time to get up? Or my grandmother, Randall, upstairs. Bus will be here in five minutes. You better hit that floor. I wake my kids up by singing. Now, I don't know if they get up because it's in spite of or because of, but they get up. <laughs> it's just good stuff when you read in Scripture. Look, in, look down there in verse 16, right? You can see that up on the wall here. She, she looks out and is industrious, right? Looking at a field. She look, makes earnings, right? She, she girds herself with strength. Her arms are strong. And she senses that her gain is good, right? It's knowing that what you're putting yourself to, right? You put yourself to the plow. What don't you do? You don't look back. You put it in that direction and you work. And her lamp does not go out at night. You remember uh, the, 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 in Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins? And five were ready and the five weren't. This was one that was ready. Her lamp does not go out. Why? There are, there, there's provisions that are made. You were missing a hat, or you needed a, if you wanted one with a beanie on top, you could get one, or if you wanted a ball cap, you could open that closet and make sure you had a head covering in the middle of winter. Uh, when, it, when it's rainy, right? When it's, when it's springtime, right? You've got the galoshes on and the umbrella. There was never a time when she was unprepared. Notice, when, uh, continuing on in verse 19 there, right? When you read that in Scripture, she stretches out her hand to the distaff, that's the thing that you'd wind the big ball of cotton around. And then you would have that little spindle as you would spin and pull that thread to make thread to make clothes. There was never a time when her hands weren't busy preparing something. 
I know nowadays it's a lot easier. We can go to the store and buy clothes, but just imagine that still takes effort. Mom has to think about what you look good in, what fits, and definitely sometimes when I walk out getting ready for Sunday, uh-uh, not that one. And you need mom for that, right? Yeah, there, there's just some things that she's so good at. And I'm so thankful for them. When you continue on down that passage in verse 20, right? She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hand to the needy. Um, you ever have a table setting sometimes because you're not sure who's coming to dinner, but you know there'll be an extra? Whether it's a friend from school or maybe somebody from church or whatever it is. Do you ever plan for that? It's just another cup of soup, right? It's just one more. I mean, there was never a time I can remember. I can remember growing up where if you didn't like it, Grandma probably had it in the fridge. There was never a time you would ever go hungry. There was always provision available. It's always something. Most every Sunday we go to Grandma's house, right? There'd be 20 or 30 of us up there. And I can remember there would be a guest here and there. There might be a family from church that needed to come over. There was never a time when anybody ever walked away hungry. And I know I know, I look like I, you know, it, it worked on me. But thank God for good godly grandmothers and mothers that care, that nurture, that love. That sacrifice themselves on behalf of you and I so that we can stand here, so that we can sit there and do what we're able to do. What a blessing. What a wonderful, honorable blessing. And her children, as you see in Scripture, they rise up. Down there around verse 28, they rise up. They call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her, right? Many daughters, right? Many daughters are noble, but you, you excel them all. How's that for loving and honoring your mom? How's that for giving them their due, right? Ephesians 6, right? Honor, right? Give your parents the honor and respect they deserve, especially your moms. Even her children rise up and call her blessed in the marketplace, Think about this. When they go to school, what do they say? They don't say, man, what a terrible... No, they say, my mom's pretty cool. She takes care of me. Think about that. Think about the wonderful blessing. And here's the clincher, right? Here's the clincher. Charm is deceitful. Because charm will... will you don't know what the motive of the person is behind Beauty comes, but everybody knows that we grow wrinkles, right? And it fades. But you know what it says there, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands. Let her works praise her in the gates. It's the fruit of the labor. It's her family. It's all the good things that you know. It's not the parenting skill or the salary sometimes. It's not the coolness factor. An excellent wife fears the Lord. And that applies. Think about how many ways that applies. It comes. It cuts through all the family. People will know you about this. Now, before you think this is all, a, a, you know, a, just a regular Mother's Day sermon, but think about this. What, look in verse 1. Because this gets really interesting. 
Before you think that this is an unattainable bar or it's some kind of oppression or something, you already know. Notice what it says there. I love that passage. The words of King Lemuel. Yes, he wrote this down, but it was an oracle which who taught him? His mother. You could say it, his mother. He was doing what he knew his mama taught him. And she taught him well. We don't know much about Lemuel, but we do know that he had a wise and a godly mother. And think about this when it comes to, to listening to your inner self, to listening to those in, that intuition that many godly mothers have. It's that, that godly intuition that comes from that life experience, that, that nurturing nature, that beauty of, of understanding that God has blessed our wives and mothers with, that sensitivity that, that, that us guys don't always have. And I'm so thankful for it. Uh, how many of you guys have ever had uh, this conversation before? Um, you, honey, I think we should really do this. Well, well I don't know, dear. I, I don't, something's not right about that. I don't think we should do this. But dear, it, this, it, it's logical. It makes sense. Honey, it just doesn't feel right. Ever, ever have that discussion? Now, in the earlier years of marriage, right, did that ever lead to a little bit of a conflict? Because, honey, this is logical. It makes sense. And the wife's like, nah, I don't think so. And then later on, guys, did we eventually get it? You know what? She's right. Now, that doesn't mean every single decision, right? But there's plenty of times when I see the laughter because you know it's true. There are times, we had a phone call once, I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, this is in Shanghai, many, many, many years ago. And uh, I got an email, and the email said, oh, this person wants to be baptized. We, we had never met him, but the person in the States that was studying by, by email said, oh, perfect candidate. We said, all right, well, let's call him. Two-minute phone call, she had this person personality profile pegged to an absolute zero. I mean, they didn't miss a thing. She talks to him, and, and, is, and they're chatting back and forth, and, and she gets off the phone, and I say, Dear, is this person coming? Are we ready? Should I get the walk? You know, I'm, I'm excited, right? We're about to have a baptism. She goes, he's not going to be baptized. I went, what? But the email, but the logic, warning, she was right. She was right. Finally, I just learned to say, you know what? I need to think about that. To listen, to be sensitive to that other side that God has blessed us with as husbands. You can say it. She was right sometimes. A wise and godly mother. Lemuel had a wise and godly mother. Amen? And she had some insights to share with him that, that we would be wise to listen to and write down. And, and think about this. Most of the book of Proverbs, right? Especially when you look at that beginning, right? It's a father talking to his son. My son, listen to my instruction, right? But here you have a godly mother talking to her son so that he will make wise choices in finding a mate. So that he will look for a person that fits this kind of description. And I've said this for many years. I've said if somebody wants to get married, they ought to read the book of Proverbs as a couple. They ought to read the book of Song of Solomon because this is about marrying well and this is about staying in love. There's wisdom to be had in Proverbs for us. 
We read today's passage, and I would imagine there's a question that might come up. How would I ever measure up to this bar? You know, there, there is a, a question sometimes that people ask. Is this real? Come on, this is, Lemuel's mom just made this ideal for him. This is just stuff she picked out. Or that bar is way too high. But I would say this is a marker that we strive towards. There's many things to work on. We grow in one area here, we grow in another area here. You have seasons of life just like you're married, and then you're married with children, and then you're empty nesters, and then you're grandparents, right? We look down that road and we grow and mature in these areas, like Proverbs 19, 20, right? Listen to the counsel, accept the discipline that it brings, that you might be wise and read the rest of your days. Brothers and sisters, if you are growing into that fine Christian lady, those are things you'll want to take to heart and, and appropriate for yourselves. And maybe we need to listen to the words of a, of a wise mother like Lemuel's or my grandmother mother, or even the intuition of my wife. And, and you probably have many you could name that were wise to listen to, to grow. And so Lemuel wrote these down for us. She had some insight to share with us. She had something that she wanted us to know, to be able to apply, to know that we can, uh, that these are things that we can achieve and grow in so that we can become all that we see there. All that we see there. So my challenge for you today, church, short and sweet, and I'll go on into some other details, is this. Um, we really need to be so careful because motherhood is a, is a blessing from God. Being a godly man and a godly woman. Being the kind of person that we know Scripture teaches. So much of what, what, what society is doing right now is to, is to deconstruct that family unit that God has designed. So much of what you see in the, in, in, in the world at large is all about um, you have to have a career outside the home. You have to work. You have to do so many things. And I know some of that is, is, is a must. But if the ideal for what is inside the church is coming from what's outside the church, we have a problem. It is God who designs male and female, fathers and mothers, marriage, not the world. She was God-designed as a gift with the ability to nurture like no other. And let me add a big challenge for this for the older ladies in Titus 2.4. You might notice in Scripture that there is a challenge there to bring a younger lady up under your wing, to shore them up and to teach and train them so that they might be sober and love their husbands, love their children, take care of the household, do the things that they know to do, to be chaste, to be, to be keepers, to be good obedient and all that. But mostly to be that kind of example that other people outside of the world can say, there's nothing bad you could say about this person, so that God's name would not be blasphemed. It's not a put down to become a mom or to stay at home or to do all those good things. It's a celebration of a God-blessed life. Because God designed this. It's His idea. It's His idea. Mothers, you should never, ever be ashamed of the fact that you're a mother. 
I just think it's there's just so much attacks on, on the family. And you need to know that, that, that dads, we need to support mom too. That God supports you. He made it this way. Remember, um, there, there's things that are, are marriage killers or, or deal breakers in relationships, like in Matthew 5, when it talks about lusting, and then you talk about adultery and all the damage that causes. Remember, in 1 Peter 3, 7, when it talks about husbands, you need to not be harsh to your wives, but what? Live with them as though they're the weaker vessel. Love on them, encourage, strengthen. Dads, we might build the home, but mamas make it a nest. We need all of that. We need all of that. Divorce is so damaging because it takes dad out of the home and it, and it puts mom in a really untenable position. And he ought to not be out playing with fire. He ought to be at home doing the things that he knows as a godly father he ought to do. Remember in Malachi 2, God still hates divorce. He still hates sin that breaks up marriage. And one more thing I've got to say, I, forgive me for going here, but you know, one of the things that I also see out in, in the, the world, and as you read through this list in Proverbs 31, is I hope it helps you to see that God values life, and Solomon made sure that we had this chapter to know what Lemuel's mom said. Because human life is so precious. And to devalue human life and all the, all the, 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 the shock and awe, that's coming from the media and it's so much of the culture that says that 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 motherhood and, and, and children are are expendable is just so wrong. We needn't shed innocent lives for selfish gain. Every precious child of, is, is one that deserves our nurturing care. Because let me let me tell you something that I know is really a true, and I, I memorized this, okay? I borrowed this from a preacher, but I memorized this, okay? Do you know how many things on my hand I can count that are more important than the family, the family unit? Okay? Do you know how many things you can count on your hand that are more important than the salvation of the family and the, as, a, as you're raising your children? Okay, can you think of something that is more important than the family unit, the salvation of that family unit, and that family unit staying together. I can tell you how many I can count on one hand. Y'all know the answer? Zero. It's God designed, God planned. And mom is usually at the heart of it all. Amen? So Lemuel had a wise... I'll show you one more thing on Lemuel. When you read those first nine verses there, notice... What she lays out for him as a leader. She tells him, avoid the wayward, right? Avoid strong wine. Avoid uh, those things that would cause you to not be a champion of the poor. Or to give a voice to those in society who have no voice. Be the kind of leader that listens to wise instruction. That calls out those things that need to be called out in society. And I would imagine after many years of a good reign, and I know we don't have much more history on him than, than what you see there, but I would imagine he would have turned to his mom and said, you know what, mom? Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Good moms like Sarah in the Bible, who didn't even believe she could become pregnant. 
and, and, and laughed, but God really had the last laugh, right? And then watched as Abraham and Isaac were going off to Mount Moriah. Can you imagine Abraham not telling his wife what they were going to do? Hey, this is what the Lord commanded. Are you kidding? And she was still obedient to him all the way through, knowing the Lord would provide. Uh, good, good moms like Hannah. Remember in 1 Samuel chapter 1, right? She wept because of her barrenness, but the Lord saw that. And she received that blessing from Eli and eventually Samuel. Remember, Samuel is, is called in Scripture, uh, essentially Samuel the great prophet, right? Why? Because in part he had a good mom who dedicated him to the service of the Lord. Um, how about Naomi in Scripture? Who, even though she was a grieving widow, she made sure that her daughters-in-law were cared for. One went back home to Moab and another went with her, Ruth. Come back tonight, you'll hear more about Ruth. Or how about Elizabeth, right, when John the Baptist is in there, and Mary shows up for a visit, and the baby leaps in her womb. And Mary sings to her. How about Mary, who had, who had, to, who had to believe the angel's words, right? And then when Jesus is older, she had to go find him in the temple after three days, and she gives him a little chastisement. And what did he do? He followed with her. He was obedient as her child and stayed with him all the way through. Or how about when you, the, the woman in Matthew 15 who begged Jesus for the healing and he was surprised by her faith. He was surprised by her persistence, not once, not twice, but three times asking for the Lord's provision. Or how about the moms that are sitting here today? Good moms doing the best they can to raise godly children, to be godly wives, to be those kinds of people that would influence others for the good of the kingdom. If you will, pray with me. Father God, we thank you for godly mothers. Father, I pray for the mom that doesn't think she measures up. Lord, help her to know that she's still accepted in your sight. Father, I pray for the mom right now whose husband was harsh on the way to church today. Help her to know that you love her and place the infinite value of Jesus Christ upon her. Father, for the wife who's alone supporting her family as a single mom, Father, help her to know that you are there supporting her family and know that, that you will never abandon her. Father, for the mom who's pinching pennies, help her to know that you are the God who is in the details and you will provide. Father, for the mom who's taking her kids to church, help her to know that she's doing right and that you will bless her for trying to raise godly children. Father, for the mother who's, who's sitting with her child right now, help her to know that she's doing right to give, give comfort and that you're healing her, her child, Father. For the mom who is having to bury her son. I pray especially for Alan and Andrea Davis. Help her to know that you're there still in that grieving. Father, there might be someone here who's chosen singleness. Help them to know that they have a place in the kingdom too. The kingdom's big enough for all people. And help dads know that they're needed too. Father, there are a thousand thankless jobs that our moms do. 
Band-aids, carpools, caring for the home, cheering up the fainting, all the little details that just make this life valuable. Father, thank you. And help us to cherish our godly mothers. And thank you so much for them. We ask that you plant more of them, Father, that, that we might be blessed. And Father, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. We pray all this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So moms, thank you. Thank you, thank you. God loves you, and we love you too. If there's anything we can do for the church, whether it's obedience to the gospel message, whether it's to say thanks to your mom and, and repent of some of those, those bitterness from the past, or maybe it's just something you need to help, you need to encourage the church for, please do not hesitate to come while we stand in the Behold a stranger at the door.